So there was a story in the Chronicle that was deemed worthy enough of a push alert earlier today that was um, a food section story about how they were going to, uh, how wineries in Sonoma and Napa counties were going to lure millennials back into to wine tastings by by doing a hard pandemic pivot into uh, wellness tastings. Mm. And you had an interesting response, which was that you thought this was a good idea because the headline was hikes, horseback rides, and Peloton can a new slate of wellness wine tastings lure millennials. And you were all about it, it sounds like. Well, I'll admit to only skimming the article, but there was an example in there about how some wineries have started doing, I guess, Peloton events where... Mm -hmm presumably wine club members get together, do some kind of group ride, and then I guess top on a Zoom or something and then do like a virtual wine tasting together. And I guess maybe more so in like 2020, but I guess even still today, <laughs> um, that seems like a nice way to spend the day. I mean, now I think I, you know, would actually prefer to to go to a winery, but... Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems kind of like a novel idea. Yeah, so apparently Frank Family Vineyards and Cliff Family Wines in Napa Valley organized Peloton spin classes uh, where the post-ride activity is a um, a virtual or remote wine tasting. So I don't entirely hate this, um, but like it's kind of it kind of feeds into the whole millennials are only driven to experiences thing, and apparently wine tastings aren't an experience enough. I don't know. I mean, and also, couldn't you? I don't know. Like, like if there's like an eight p.m. ride with with Ben, couldn't he just suggest that you're? Because the Peloton bikes have a water bottle slot, right? They have two. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't he just suggest you have something else in there? <laughs> I I suppose so. Yeah. Or should, maybe that's what they do on the Tour de France uh, when they're going through the Champagne. Sorry, I don't know. Why I said a France instead of France. France. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I apologize for every mistake I've ever made in my life. Um, oh, France. All right, um, but like if they if they're biking through the Champagne region of France, maybe they have to. <laughs> um, it's like that time on the Daily uh, where uh, uh, sometimes friend of the show Michael Barbaro pronounced uh, pronounced the mostly UK coffee and pastry chain. By what it's actually called, pret à manger, instead of just saying pret, which um, most Americans would, even though they only have locations in D.C. and a couple in New York. Anyway, yeah, I mean this this is it's neat, but I don't know. If you're if you're doing a hike thing, would you do would you do wine so, first or after? I'm, so I'm I, gonna I'll give you. A, I'm into this kind of. Well, okay. Well, this is we're shocking. This is where we're gonna differ here. Um. <laughs> Any sort of combination of drinking and physical fitness is is a total like non-starter for me. Hmm. Uh, I just if if you're enjoying a glass of wine or a beer, you know whatever you're into, and someone then offers to do some kind of like physical activity, like I don't I don't want any any part of that. Like for me, on any kind of you know daily routine, like the 
you know, the Peloton ride or a walk or, well, I think a walk, I guess, is okay. But, like, any other kind of, like, physical activity, like, that's got to happen, like, before drinking starts. So the, mm. the the hiking and wine tasting, I don't want that. You'll also see people driving through Sonoma and Napa who will, like, ride their bikes between wineries i don't don't want mm. any don't want any part of that even horseback that seems, riding that seems unsafe yeah it, it just yeah i'm not not into that as somebody who has uh somewhat frequently done uh uh post first date uh runs uh that that seems i know i i think you can definitely do i think i think you can work off frustration or other things by um by doing a strenuous physical activity afterward i don't know mm. but in terms of a relaxing weekend like i but again this goes back to our philosophical difference which is that you maybe as a younger man but also maybe uh, maybe present day uh and not to be uncharitable old man mm. um again I, I think we both have to own it which we've gone back to my thing about the 30s of the 31 30 uh, 30 31 early 30s 32 mid 30s 33 and later late 40s you you said you are still somewhat on board with a multi winery weekend, sure. Where I mm-hmm. I I don't find that fun. I don't know that that seems like too much work, and also yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a lot of effort, and also eh, too much drinking. I, I guess I'd much uh, rather just linger, yeah. linger. Like I'd I'd much rather have a uh a weekend at what was it called the Healdsburg Square? What's what's the downtown? like park that they've got like and, they've, and you've got that good grid of restaurants and wineries I'd, I'd much rather linger there than do a a winery hopping tour of Guerneville and spastable and, and whatever else is there yeah i'm not i'm not gonna judge you for that i mean i think a nice thing with wine tasting though is you really can control how much you have you know like mm-hmm. you can totally sit some wines out or you can do the spit bucket thing, although I think feel like we've talked about that before. Not we into cer- that, but we certainly have. Um, I mean, you know, I I can't I can't even really think of the last time I did like a multi winery in a day or weekend thing. It's been a while, mm-hmm. but I, if 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 you know the opportunity came around, I wouldn't be opposed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the the way this loops around to current events news is that. Uh, so yeah, Peloton rides. Peloton's had a, had a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put in a, I put a thing in here earlier in the day in response to some of the news, and you didn't necessarily get a reference I made. Uh, yeah, there were there was some weird reference you made somewhere here. Let me, let me send you a link and make sure you're logged into a browser that's logged into your uh, New York Times account. Okay. So. Yeah, so basically the news is, so there's been a whole, there have been multiple stories, which one, there was kind of like an insider leak that allegedly Peloton was halting all production of bikes and uh, treads due to decreased demand, that they were going to remove some incentives that they put in the pandemic to juice their sales. And in general, I think this week, the the CEO, John Foley, is stepping down. He is going to end up being an executive chairman, but... um. They're bringing, they're bringing in a guy from Spotify. So apparently Peloton is just going to hire Joe Rogan to lead some classes or something. But anyway, John Foley, there was this interview a couple of 
or well, like maybe a year ago, that so if you do a uh, just a command F for sync drink. So this was a conversational interview that the Times did with this guy. And uh, his quote is, 20 years ago, a colleague told me the key to your day is to hydrate as much as you can. So the first thing I uh, first thing I do is drink 40 sips of water from my hand at the upstairs bathroom sink. It's efficient. I drink until I feel like I'm going to throw up water every day. Hmm. So, and also there was, um, I also threw a link in the ideas folder. And this was much... So this was the thing that um, was compiled by an activist investor. So again, take it with a massive grain of salt. But apparently this guy, uh, they had a quote from somebody on the team. Where Where is it? Can I actually interrupt here just for oh, a, a, brief, a brief moment? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I, there are two brief interruptions here. First of all, Please is do. I, I don't, I can't say I, I know a lot about Mr. Foley, but I, I mean this 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 New York Times article does seem to like paint him as being like kind of a self made like pretty good guy. Seems like oh, like and that's that's not what that's not what I'm saying. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm one I'm one picking on this one thing that Twitter latched onto, which is. There's no way to spin it other than that. It's kind of weird to to want to drink water out of your hand until you feel like you're going to be sick as, as being the kind of life hack that you need to kind of start your day right. Right. I think that, I think there's no uncharitable reading there. Okay. Well, the, also, so the, the the other digression I was going to make here, and which yeah, you know, I'm I'm not doing this to to poke fun at him or anything, but he so he I guess strives to have the perfect ambiance. In the which, which includes something that you two can bond over. Well, I, apparently not because he, so he, I guess, wants to have the lighting perfect in his home. And so he, quote, Big fiddles with probably 14 switches to get the perfect light in here. Which, which, Mr. Foley, can I, can I please introduce you to Hugh Bulbs and, well, but- and Hugh Scenes? Well, yeah, but I mean, he, but he, this is coming from the guy who leads a company that makes Android bicycles. Hue lights work on Android, don't they? I assume nothing works on Android. <laughs> as as spoken as a person who's owned multiple Google Pixels, uh, I assume nothing works. And he does drink Dunkin' Donuts French vanilla coffee. Yeah, that's so the points. Tri- the, points the, for the trip D or the no the double D. Wait, eh, Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. Anyway, he's a big dimmer guy. And what is Cowboy's Junkie? Oh, and he's he's a Pandora user too. Mm-hmm, I saw um, that. I put what is Cowboy Junkies? Do I want that in my search history? Cowboy Junkies is a rock band from Canada. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, so if you go to this um uh Blackwell Capital, I um article the one thing that they did maybe he's just a like because a lot of companies um as they go public kind of have that um founder debate as how long do you keep how important is it to have the visionary founder and how critical is that so one of the anonymous respondents was um 
Uh, is there anything you don't like about the CEO that you, and, or, or no, this, this is a John Foley response. Is there anything about being CEO that you don't like that you like to delegate? And his quote was, finance. Our CFO does 99% of finance. I engage because I want to know how we're doing, but to say I don't add value to her operation is an understatement. That's a very, <laughs> very fucking candid thing to say. Uh, and the quote, I'll sometimes go months without talking to our CTO, which as a CEO of a technology company, that's kind of rare. Woof. Hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a pull quote. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, how, how do you and your colleagues, your co-founders describe your strengths as a manager? I'm not in his response. I'm not sure they'd say I have any, mis- many strengths at all. <laughs> Saying a little bit too much of the quiet part out loud, as they say. Yeah. Anyway, like this whole thing is like, I, I I don't like I I don't dislike Peloton. Like I I I make the same jokes just cuz like it's it's a thing. Like you go to a wealthy neighborhood in San Francisco or any major city and you 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 go and you it's kind of like how my thing of like I go to a museum and I count the do- the dogs and paintings. Um you go look for all the Pelotons in the window and kind of see how it's going. But Peloton had a really good idea and no matter how well they did during the pandemic, it does kind of have to feel like they squandered an opportunity. Cause like if you were, and, and I'm cribbing from an episode of the wall street journal podcast, but like if you were to like engineer a situation for what is the most amenable circumstances for growing a business like this, like the pandemic was it. And I get a big run up in the stock, but the 2021 price performance of, uh, Peloton shares is down seventy six percent. And I mean, you're more of the the um, the finance guy, like, <laughs> um, okay. sure. I mean, were they sort of broadcasting that the type of growth they saw through twenty twenty was like what they were going to continue to experience well isn't isn't that the the nature and the um curse of every public company which is that you can't ever pretend that we're on a good run but it's not gonna last forever like it, like you'd you'd be you'd be excommunicated forever saying that so i don't, but, I don't think about wouldn't comp- you wouldn't you be better off in the not even long term like medium term if if you sort of tempered some of that completely irrational thinking that 2020 was going to, you know, like the, those conditions were just going to continue forever. Like, I mean, of like, of, of course, what's happened to Peloton was going to happen. Like, there was there was no way it wasn't. Like when when gyms mm-hmm. started reopening and people started venturing back out into the world, there was no way they were going to continue to sell bikes the way that they did in 2020 yeah yeah it's 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 a lot too so too rational i guess yeah a couple other things so with this the news this week um uh laying off was it 20 percent of the 20 2800 jobs yeah which kind of sort of like i guess to me was kind of shocking that's because that's that's implying that you have eleven thousand employees for I, I can't remember if we this has been an online conversation or an online offline conversation, but um, yeah, it 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 is, it is very surprising sometimes realizing how many employees are 
are a part of various companies. I think I've looked at this at like Twitter and Uber, like, you know, if if I just had to guess how many employees companies like that had, the actual number ends up being, you know, significantly higher than I expect. And the Peloton's another example of that. I, w- I would not have guessed that they had more than 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that, it seems like a lot. And I'm, I'm like, obviously I'm like 1000% like not advocating for like anybody to, to lose their job or anything. Of course, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's surprising. They have that many employees. Well, but it's also kind of ir- a little bit irresponsible or, or weird when a company grows that much without necessarily a direction mm-hmm. for what the people are doing anyway. So in, in the downsizing notice, they made a point to clarify that it was not affecting any of the um instructor talent right and also and this one this this is not a joke but it does feel weird where as part of the exit package for those who are impacted in the right sizing of the business which is a sentence i hate in so many so many different ways they will be gifted a one-year complimentary subscription to the (laughs) peloton service which fuck that well this um i i'm i'm obviously not laughing at these people i'm i'm actually laughing at myself because um you know i i have previously worked for for a company where i was was part of a big round of layoffs it's it's perhaps a company that's been mentioned on this very episode of the podcast and Dunkin um, donuts <laughs> right bingo uh-huh. <laughs> nice um and at said company, I was given a free subscription to their um, their premium service. And as part of my severance package, um, not only was I not granted that free service for any time, my my existing free account was was essentially immediately cut off. So wait, what? Yeah, I I, I had a of like a free you know no I know free- what I know premium yeah. or whatever account and it it, it 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 when i was terminated that that free account became free no longer oh but you see so they didn't like cancel your account and all and all your no no it, it, just, it, just, it just wasn't free anymore. So the, the, the point is that that my former employer took a, a very different approach here and and um oh sure did not extend any sort of free membership benefits past my employment date harsh yeah yeah, I mean it's um, um it's just it's it's just a weird story and like and I was actually never really familiar that familiar with this guy but and I don't I don't, I don't have a big stake in this but I got it was just an excuse to bring back because this is one of the things late in the the dark days of winter of 2020 where there was this article in, in December which was just full of just like fucking like just weird gems like that where everybody back when I was on Twitter was able to have some for the some fun with this watching this guy buy firewood at a bodega in in New York City and this yeah I yeah I I guess the the part uh, the part of it that I don't really get and I, like I haven't poured through Peloton's financials or anything but it by all indications it seems like it's a relatively healthy business like the like the stock price probably never should have been nearly as high as it was so the fact that it's come way down from that probably just seems like more of a you know a correction to a basically incorrect stock price 
and isn't really an indication of the health of the business. I mean, and they have what, like over think, six million subscribers, pretty good, like brand loyalty. Wait, is that Oops, true? I, that can't be true. The subscriber number? Yeah. I think that's what I saw. It was like 6.1 million, something like that. Subscriber. Um, so. Five and, you know, mm, Wait, no, it? hold on. Okay. Peloton, so Peloton has over 5.9 million members on the platform. 2.33 million people subscribe to Peloton Connected Fitness. Okay. So, so then who, to what degree can you use a Peloton with a free account? I, what, what's that discrepancy? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the Peloton app is available just, you know, like on an iPhone or it's, it's on Apple TV, like it's but on other stuff. Yeah. But that's also paid. No, cause right. I, cause I know they have a thing where it's just like, Hey, just watch our fitness classes and kind of do like, said, like there's active and there's a whole bunch of other companies that do just kind of that type of thing. but. Hmm. Um, well, well as, it, as as of twenty uh, September twenty twenty, Peloton ended its latest quarter with one point zero nine million connected fit subscribers, up one hundred thirteen percent from a year earlier. Hmm. Well, in, in in any case, I maybe I'm not getting the numbers quite right here, but it it seems like a well, yeah, like a pretty like good business. And I mean, I know they're not profitable, but I mean, when when has that really ever? stopped any big tech company um but are they so a tech I, company wait actually so okay, that that's one of the things that always bugs me which is that it, it, yeah are are they a tech company or are they a logistics like it's kind of the what was that other company that was i mean they're widely, they're, they're a tech they're a tech company sort of in the same way that like netflix is a tech company mm, where their core mm. business is not technology per se but the the kind of minutia of their core business is you know kind of intrinsically tied to technology what's what's the other because i don't i don't think it was uber but there's one other company oh it's WeWork. like that's the thing where they tried so hard to pitch themselves as a revolutionary or transformational tech company but they were a real estate rental business like that's that's what they are who adam newman or nowman or whatever his name was tried I kind and I'm and I'm not trying to say that we that Peloton is like it's a sham or is any anywhere has any other parallels to WeWork, but kind of feels the same way. Like there's not like they they make a bike. The fact that it's that it's internet connected and runs on Android or whatever, but it's it's like they're they're no different business other than like um 24 hour fitness or like Equinox or whatever. I I, I yeah I, I would take issue with the fact that they're being treated as a tech company. Yeah. Netflix is much more of a tech company than Peloton might be. Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole whole separate discussion. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> speaking of technology slash it just being an Android device, it it is pretty funny on a Peloton. This this is something that only, you know, nerds like me think about, I guess. But like the the main Peloton interface is is actually pretty nice. I, I think it's it's well designed. But if you go one layer deep, like if you just go into like the main settings menu, mm-hmm. it's just it's just literally Android. <laughs> yeah, like it kind of um, it kind of takes you out of the experience, I think, a little bit. Or if um, there's a there's kind of a um, not like the main settings page, but there's almost like a kind of control centery type thing you can pull down where 
you can you know you can see if you have like bluetooth headphones currently connected and and some other like quick action things and it's 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 literally just like i've seen that screen on like android phones before Mm -hmm. um but anyway yeah all right so yeah that's that's the peloton news yeah Um, i mean i i hope you know i i i i hope it all works out because you know i i i really i really like mine and like you know i I mean that that's the thing where that like, I guess that's the remaining pin to drop or whatever this is is that do you think that because there's all these rumors that who who were the companies in the running Amazon and who else um do, do, do. I think was was Nike floated out there or something uh, scroll up scroll up scroll up uh am come on Wall Street Journal. I mean, I feel like Apple was floated in there, but they're they're just always put into acquisition mm-hmm. rumors, just because why not? Well, and and that's like, can you ever imagine Apple like selling a fitness bike? I I I could actually, like I for whatever reason, like I I I can't give you any sort of concrete ways to back up what I'm about to say, but like. Peloton like kind of it like reminds me of Beats sort of mm-hmm. like even just I don't know like even like the bike kind of looks like a pair of <laughs> Beats headphones like in its design language I don't know like I I could I could see Apple yeah I I could see Apple buying Peloton actually. But I guess, and and this is a thing where this is where I like the like when you go to a tech meme story and you can just do the mouse over and it'll show you like the the tweets related to this conversation. But I forget who said this, but somebody had a good point of Apple generally only buys like teams, like because like Peloton is like is infinitely repeatable technology. Like Apple already has Fitness Plus, and if they wanted to maybe pivot that harder into a, a soul cycle or a peloton like vertical like they totally could and there's like i'm sure they could buy nordic track or whatever like some fitness equipment maker for less than they could peloton but like they generally only acquire companies for teams patents or talent well then and, and that's why I mean, I think for Apple, and I, w- I would think anybody who buys Peloton. I mean, part of the part of the deal's got to be retention agreements for the instructors. Like that's got to be that's got to be a core component of the deal. But do you because... think would would people jump? Like like pretending like you don't care. Like pretend you didn't have any any connection to personal technology or like Apple at all. Would you go rebuy a bike just because Ben was now an Apple Fitness? plus plus instructor like i, I can't don't imagine make, people don't are... make me don't make me even think of that um <laughs> no but it, like in, in all seriousness like i i like as someone who's like still relatively new to the peloton thing and i think i like to think anyway like with peloton and like with my tesla like i can sort of be an owner of this stuff but not be like i'm not a total like fanboy like i'm not out there defending elon musk on twitter like some crazy people do thank Um, god (laughs) it's like you know i i think i have a relatively level head on this stuff and kind of but like by owning this stuff can kind of like at least 
I don't know, maybe like try to understand why some people feel the way they do. But like, so like with the Peloton stuff, I don't think it's, it's, it's not nearly as, um, bizarre as some of the Tesla stuff is, but like with, with Peloton, you know, people are very, very passionate about, about the brand and about the instructors. And like, I do, I do get that. Like as someone who basically takes 99% of the peloton classes that i take with the same instructor like i i i get i get being attached to an instructor and i think that's sort of like that's really really key because like you know the bike the bikes themselves i can't speak to the treadmill i've never really even like seen one in person but like but well, the bike they're replacement level they are right? like I, I think i've talked about it on the show like I, I i think i was actually maybe a little harsher on it in the beginning than i meant to be like I, it it's fine, but it's not anything, you know, spectacular. So it really is the instructors, I think, that make a difference. So yeah, I mean, I would assume anybody who buys the company, like the the instructors, have to be a key part of the deal. I would think because it's not really clear to me what exactly else is unique about Peloton that you that you'd want to buy. Well, yeah. So then I guess, I mean, that's my point, which is that who, why would anybody buy them? Well, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, again, no, no big, um, finance, you know, expert here, but, um, Uh you said it's the evil way (laughs) to, to try to, to, well, I was just, I was trying to, um, channel your fonts, um, um, pronunciation from earlier. Um, this acquisition stuff seems kind of probably BS to me. Like this is probably just some stuff that got floated out there, but I, I, I don't think there's probably anything to it would be my guess. Mm. And like changing CEOs, like isn't something you do right before you're about to be acquired. Right. Not normally. I mean, the guy that they got was key to, um, uh, um, Spotify's, subscription business success like I mean, he he was so much uh, somewhat more instrumental to that part i mean i i get it but i kind of i kind of don't i don't know because that's the thing like because unless and we'll move on but like unless peloton pivots to a thing where like i don't understand how the growth gets some type of like hockey stick um trajectory unless the bike and treadmill become dramatically cheaper well that's i i was like, gonna say that next too one thing i i don't get about peloton's business and strategy is it does really seem like a platform that once once you get kind of a a feel for it and you get into a rhythm with it like i get kind of like i have i guess like it, it it's very sticky right like mm-hmm. i i i really really enjoy the classes that i take on there and am you know like it in in total like credit to peloton like am in kind of like the best workout routine i've been in in a long time and so it seems like and it, it seems like that's the way a lot of people feel once they start using the platform so it seems like it would be really smart to make getting into the platform like as cheap as possible and then have those people become you know reliable long-term subscribers which is presumably a high margin part of the business. 
Like I, I don't I don't know why the I don't know why the bikes and the treadmill have to be so expensive. Like when I look at my bike, I, I don't know what it is about it that makes it so expensive. I I feel like the price and barrier entry is kind of an exclusivity thing, sort of like I understand that they don't want to be exclusive because that concept is antithetical to a high growth business, but like it doesn't. No, can, it doesn't really come across as like an elitist platform when you're on it, though. Well, because that's because the barrier to entry already exists. You're only. You're only. I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I'm fairly self aware of when I'm in some kind of like elitist thing or like am, am hearing something like that, and I I don't get the vibe from Peloton that it's that that it's trying to do that. No, and, and I don't think that they are. What I'm saying is that like the fact that the bike inherently costs fifteen hundred dollars is excluding a lot of people, which which is fine. Like, is it, like not everything has to be for everybody. But I do think that like if they if they somehow manage to cut the price down to five hundred dollars, because there there is a obviously a way to make it cheaper. Like Peloton bikes aren't made in the USA, are they? I I don't know. I mean, but I, I would doubt it. I don't know. Like there is a way to make it cheaper, but I I if you go down market in that way like that you i don't know because then then people are going to expect a free tier and there's there's a whole lot of a complexity that's related to that but i don't i don't know though i feel like people people are used to the idea of having a monthly fee associated with any kind of like workout but, but not, system but not with a big upfront cost and i think that's the one thing so a couple uh, yeah, i did not know this could be the entire show but um one how do they not own peloton.com one peloton.com that's that seems that's most of the issue that they're having i've never thought of that huh yeah um but this is the thing where like everything in america is basically it's it's not what something actually costs it's a monthly payment so on this one if you go one peloton.com slash bike which is the cheap one um it's either fifteen hundred dollars up front plus two hundred fifty dollars to deliver it jesus um or you can pay monthly for $45, which is not including the $39 a month Peloton All Access membership. Yeah, see, it, it needs it needs to be better than that. That's it the thing. Be, it needs to be way better than that. Well, because and that's the thing where like let's 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 co let's let's bring this back to personal technology and something I know nothing about. Isn't there a thing where like Microsoft will like basically like rent you an Xbox or something? Well, I mean, I, I I assume this Peloton thing is is the same thing, where it's effectively an interest free loan. Well, it's, it's 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 an installment plan, like the iPhone upgrade program. But well, that, the, that, that's that's all that Xbox thing is. But what's it, what's what's it called? Um, Xbox has a service into Google. Let's see if this comes up. Xbox All Access, which is different than Game Pass, apparently. Well, it's right, I, but all it is is it's the price of a Game Pass subscription plus the cost of an Xbox divided by 24 so it's it's the same it's the same thing that peloton's offering but i mean a they don't market it as a single monthly price which is kind of dumb and two that that single monthly price that it ends up being is is way higher than it should be that's the thing where um 85 dollars a month is high well it it is that's that's one of those things where you can't even like that would stop. Like if I let's say I was like I was marginally interested in this and I had the square footage for it, like that that's just mentally too high to even entertain. Well, and I feel like you and I both have a a long documented history of like 
acknowledging when something is expensive, but then sort of like justifying why it makes sense for it to be oh, that price. I, I'm like, so I'm, willing we're to not, we're not hating things, on, but... yeah, we're not hating on things being expensive, but I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get why it has to be that price. Like, I don't, I don't, un, I really don't. Cause like at, at the number you threw out, like 500, like that seems like what they should strive for. Like that really does feel like the right number. Well, how much? What's Nordic track stay? Should I think, I think that some like, of the some of the Nordic track stuff is kind of expensive too. I think. Oh, but they're also trying to to pull some some bullshit where they're trying to make a, like an internet connected bike that requires a subscription. Um, seven ninety nine with okay. a seven inch smart HD touchscreen. What's yeah? That's what's yeah. That, that's I don't know how much of the peloton's price is the screen um but it it is a it's a really really big screen it doesn't seem like it needs to be that big well but but again you're 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 a person who understands consumer technology like screens aren't expensive no that that yeah that's true that probably can't be what it is like i assume like a 27 inch monitor costs 119 dollars well i mean like it's, it's, it's i assume a, it's not it's a, a touch it's, screen so i I don't know well but so is every windows computer these days <laughs> anyway um okay 35 minutes on bikes jeez anyway <laughs> napa wineries are trying to get you to <laughs> right whatever I've, we were um, talking about before i've I, maybe i guess maybe final note on peloton i've i think i've only ever done one live class and it, that was just to just i don't know just to kind of like try it um although quick sidebar my biggest gripe with peloton is that their live class schedule is totally what's well, new york centric it's a thousand percent new york centric there are yeah. no good west coast workout times because well, it's because it's an evil company because <laughs> again they, they they they're catering to people who pronounce it finance or, or, or sorry uh finance I mean, like, that's always been their thing. Is, is aren't most of their studios in New York, and everything caters to like your day ending at two o'clock our time? It's just right, yeah, right. and that's just the wrong way. They don't they don't understand the center of power. Um, so there, so anyway, there, there's there's that. Um, but I, I've also never, I've never actually done any sort of like social part of it. Like it actually has a webcam on it, which I think you use if like you're doing a ride with a friend i guess you can see each other i don't actually don't even know watch each other make pained expressions (laughs) like because no nobody looks sorry like i mean no normal person looks good exercising yeah i am i've i've never i've never tried it so i don't know but i i I presume that's what it is um anyway it has a little slidey cover thing so that that, i just leave that oh so you you can you make sure ben can can't watch you Oh, you'd probably welcome it. I did get I did get no, a high weirdly. five from him during a class recently, and I, I was I was pretty excited about that. How much would you lose your mind if you actually took a live class and he was like, "Oh, hey, I've listened to your podcast," and then, <laughs> well, or if if he just acknowledged me, but I mean, he, he's in the UK, so there's I think he does. Well, just go, go change yourself to mic time for a minute and just see what happens. How many, how many, how, sorry, I was going to say how many years ahead is the UK? No, no, no. With Boris Johnson, it is not. They are nine hours ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can swing it. Or again, once, once your life changes in the next whatever, 
you know, you'll probably be up at that point. So just <laughs> that's, that's, that that's was as fair, vague as I could possibly make it. That's a fair. That's a fair point. I actually might. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they have a they have a housemate cubby accessory. <laughs> All right, Jeez, forty well, minutes they, on bikes. They no, do. We got to move on. All right, they do, but it'd be like a six hundred dollar accessory. No, no shit. All right, and okay. it would be just a piece of plastic that clips on. All right, all right. All right. Mo- moving on. You'll find a way to condense that into ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll cut most of that. All right, I don't. I feel like we probably have follow up, but I don't even know. So two things here. Um, Fantastic. What is? Oh yeah, Fantastical. Okay, I have a, a question. Do you like using Fantastical on your iPhone to input entries? Because I hate it. Um. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe a hot take. I I don't I don't love the natural language entry stuff in Fantastical, which which I know is kind of what they're known for, or at least what was kind of originally what they were known for. But that's that's nowhere near the top of my like favorite things about Fantastical. It's not not why I use Fantastical. That's fair, but but specifically on the iPhone, like I just ha- like I, I I don't like on a on a full computer. If I go to Fantastical and I just Command N and I just type in stuff, like having the full use of, of a keyboard allows me to create an event very very easily. But because on an iPhone, inherently, you have to make the switch between symbols and numbers and all that kind of stuff. And even though they give you that kind of extra row at the top to kind of have the the shortcut for numbers, like, it's still way harder. Because my my biggest annoyance is that it it will always default every new thing you're doing on your iPhone to being an all day event. And I, I just I don't know. I like I don't have a better solution to this but the, but the way that you input events on the iPhone is kind of no good. I don't know. It's just it, it's just a bummer and I most of my event creation happens on a computer which is fine and I do like it much much more than I do like the built-in calendar app and I and I I don't like Google Calendar either. But yeah, kind of, kind of a little bit, a little bit, a little clunky and a little, little stinkeroo on the on iOS side. Yeah, Fantastical is much more of like a view, view only experience on my phone. Yeah, you know, most of the 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 calendaring, as you would say, um, happens for me on my Mac. Yeah, and vague follow up to something I asked for last week, which was a reverse calendar. I have not. Ooh, oh man, I just opened it up. Okay. Actually, can I really Well, quick, this, this this came up a couple days ago. It, it did, and Fantastical actually came out with a big update yeah, yesterday or the day before. Is. Well, and I, I was, there was something initially in the release notes uh-huh. that vaguely sounded like... And I was like, holy shit, did they I, listen to this? I, I, I was going to completely lose my mind, but it... it, it, it it wasn't that. No, it was just some type of meeting scheduling thing. Though. Yeah, but I, I thought for a minute, like, oh my god. No, so there. Did you mute yourself? Hey, can you hear me? I, I can now. Sorry, my bad. I it would have been a keyboard shortcut. You don't have to edit this. People can know how the sausage is made. I accidentally command something into something else. <laughs> so, no, I did find a thing. So it's called. So you can go. Let me send a link to you. It's called structured dot to 
today. I haven't played around with it much, and I'm probably not going to use it just because it didn't have a Mac app, but apparently it does now. Uh, but it's a, it's a catalyst thing. But th- it does what I want, which is that it will look at your existing calendar and tell you, like right now it's saying you have 31 minutes until your next task, anything to do in the meantime. Like it's exactly what I want, which is to know that before I have to do something else, how much time do I have and, and should I be doing something else? Which somebody with a functioning brain and, and that kind of thing would be able to do that on their own, but that's not me. So you, So the idea is you give this thing a list of tasks that you want to do and how long you think those are going to take. And then it kind of just slots those into your day around the calendar, which would remind me like that, like, Hey, you're, you're up. Like, so let's pretend it's a day off and I I'm up at, let's be optimistic. Let's say I'm up at eight twenty, and it notices that you don't have anything to do in 11. And it would just remind me, it would just be very blunt about it saying, Hey, you've got two hours and 41 minutes. Do you want to do anything? And I know again, functioning humans don't need that reminder but sometimes i kind of want to know of what like of how not to let time slip through your hands yeah okay again i yeah i I sort of get it but i'm still i'm still working on it and there's other stuff where i here's actually here's one pivot that i've been making recently and we we've we we talked offline online um about some uh upcoming life changes but it was off, off offline offline Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 yeah. True. Truly offline. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can pitch. Uh, Pico can change their name to that. <laughs> um, it's it's the hip new club for for people getting off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying to use a calendar more and have fewer things in OmniFocus that should actually be calendar events. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Like That's and and this great. is like just even stuff like just going to trader joe's or like like stuff like that like where no actually like i should that should be a thing that's in my calendar because because that's when i get to the thing where i have like 19 events or like 19 to do's over like they're either overdue or current day and that's just it's just too much where i feel like to do should be and i i know I've, i've talked about this a lot which is that they should be things that like you live or die by your to do list, and if and if it if it it isn't doesn't need to be done today, then it shouldn't be on there, and that's 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 your own fault. Where I'm trying to get, and, and that's one of the things that OmniFocus is very good at, where you can go into the forecast view and say, hey, these are the calendars that I want to see layered on top of my to dos, so that you can actually kind of get a full glance of your day and try to organize the stuff you have to do around the things that you have to do, but have time and location constraints. So I'm trying but to get then, better. But OmniFocus doesn't really have any notion of like, when you slot in that to-do, like how long that to-do is going to take in that slot that you've put it in. When you're no, calendar. you can say estimated duration, but I don't think that actually does anything that's terribly useful for you. Right, right. right. Because I agree that that forecast view in OmniFocus where you have your to-dos and your calendars all layered in, that that's kind of the primary view I, I have open in OmniFocus. But but I, I'm totally with you where I actually am finding more and more that calendar appointments are, are more effective. And this is the one thing where uh, sometimes friend of the show, Jason Snell, because it wasn't that his whole thing that well, he always that's had. That's his whole to do is just calendar stuff. You which, know? which is that's. That's too much. That, that's wrong. I mean, that's, right. full, that, that, that's, that's not the right answer, but that is 
maybe closer to the right answer than I wanted to admit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still tweaking my approach. One, one actually attention tip I will give people is that I found, I generally don't need to check my email when I'm on the go or I don't need to be aware of new email when I'm on the go. Like if I need my email, it's because I'm in front of my computer. So that's when I've turned badges back on when I'm in front of my computer, but I have actually removed the Gmail app from my home screen entirely. And that's actually been good. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that dissimilar. Like I, I have email badge notifications turned on my Mac, but not on my phone. But here's the thing is that, and, and again, this might be just like uh, that I'm neurotic or uh, oh, I, I don't like using the term OCD, but like, but like if it's, even if I, tr- like if I turn off badges, I will then just open the app reflexively and just check if something's new. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, that's where I, I, that. I have found that if I remove my home screen, like I feel like on my phone itself today, like I, I opened the Gmail app twice and I had a lot of email to deal with both times, but I looked at it twice instead of 30 times. See, I think, I think that's kind of the flip side though, with like email. I, I, I sort of find it mentally calming to, to know that I'm, that I'm staying on top of email. But I, like, does but that make sense? It does, but I don't need to, because th- th- to clarify, this is my personal email. Like I have a separate work phone and during work hours I need, like I have both, I have both accounts on my Macs, but in terms of like, do I need to be on top of something and immediately respond to it during working hours? Like that's on my work phone and I don't need that, but my personal phone, I I don't. I don't, I don't ever get personal email. <laughs> my personal I, Gmail I is just a bunch of, it, well, it's next draft, which I like, but then a bunch of other like junk newsletters and stuff. I don't, I don't ever get like actual email. From to my personal email address, I kind of do. I don't. I don't I'm, I'm. I keep trying to train people to to send me fewer iMessages because I, I. Oh, I'm somebody who texts right away, and I. I don't get the people who treat text messaging like email. That's that's a, that's a different conversation about how millennials mm. work. Hmm, I never. I never thought about it that way. That the. Huh. Okay. Yeah, oh, do you know? <laughs> you have no idea how frustrating it is to talk to somebody who tr- who. Uh, treat who uh, whose reaction time to text messaging is between six and eighteen hours. It is <laughs> fucking maddening. Um, turns out okay. So oh, and Pretty then good. carrot weather. So uh, this is gonna be the show where we don't talk about anything of substance, which is totally okay. Um, so we talk. Well, actually, this goes hand in hand. So we were talking about last week about uh home screen considerations, and I think you you. You haven't changed the darn thing. You you're totally content with your current layout, which is mostly app library and like one to two screens of just your most frequently used I, apps. That's your deal, right? Yeah. So I maybe a shorter version of what I was trying to say last week is I don't think it really matters a whole lot what's on your home screen. I don't put a lot of thought into what's on my home screen because everything is pretty quickly accessible in iOS. So, so like I, I, it's kind of the same thing like on the Mac, like whether an app is in the dock or not kind of doesn't matter because it's basically as quickly accessible, whether it's in the dock or not. So, 
So yeah, I'm not somebody who sits there and fiddles with their home screen a bunch. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, I, but so I, I've made some adjustments to it, which is that like, cause I, I like going with the Gmail thing and this kind of goes with Instagram too, where like Instagram is no longer available on any home screens. And there's actually a way to make it so that you can't search for an app through spotlight. So if I type instant, like it, it doesn't go there either. So I have to go find it in app library. And that, that has caused me to use it way less. And again, eventually my brain will figure it out and I'll be like pizza rat and like, I'll figure out a way to get what I need. But I don't know, like those shortcuts currently are sort of working. But my, my point is that I have made it. So my first home screen gets me kind of the, the core stuff that I need and doesn't have those addictive apps, which previously were Instagram and email. Uh, but the one thing that I had kind of leaned into was trying to use widgets and I have a problem where the, the my preferred weather app is called Hello Weather, and I think I tried to get you on it, and you liked it okay, but it just it just didn't stick, right? And you went right. back to Carrot. Yep, yep. So I've always hated Carrot Weather for its dumb like personality. Is that what you'd call it? Like, cause it has a thing where like the app will send you push notifications, and it's got like the way it'll describe the weather is very opinionated and dumb like it's supposed to be like a, a is it like a voice of a snarky robot is that the deal i i've turned it off within like 30 seconds of first installing Kara weather so i can't really even tell you yeah, but sure well so the thing is and i don't know if i'm going to stick with it or not but there is let me so let me go to settings so in carrot weather there is a thing where you can in what, what version are they on um oh i have i have no idea about uh carrot weather built in antarctica version 5.5.1.4 so in version 5 i think this is the one where mike and jason and a whole bunch of people were being like well what carrot weather basically kind of reimagined itself where it can be like this like bespoke weather app that you can make it do anything you want and that's kind of true oh yeah it, it's overwhelmingly customizable now so here's the th like so here's what i like about it. so one you can customize the app icons so you can get rid of the dumb carrot stuff you have the option of turning off like there used to be a tab called like the carrot tab you can turn that off too you can turn off every part where it, it says stupid stuff to it which i mean i, I get that's their, that their gimmick but but i really don't like it and i put a screenshot in the um the slack channel but like I tried making it as close to hello weather as I could and I can get pretty close. And the reason why I go through this at all, which is that hello weather, even though it's actively maintained, the widget never updates on its own. So like you can go look at your, like, cause I have like a, a like I have that one home screen of just like safe app icons and then a thing with a weather widget and a thing that cycles between Fantastical and OmniFocus. But Hello Weather, like if it just would not, it'd be four o'clock in the afternoon and it would still say it's 42 degrees and like overcast, like as though it was 6 a.m. And I just like, I couldn't figure out to get a way to, up, to get it to update. And I tried Carrot Weather and it's, it's pretty good, but I, I, I still don't know because you're a paying user for Carrot Weather, right? Right. Which tier? 
uh, it's God, it's been so long since I first signed up. And I think the tiers have changed a handful of times. I, I'm on whatever level I need to be to get to have the Apple Watch complication stuff work. So I, I think that's the one that is settings. I think I'm like on maybe the the middle one ish. Something like that. Yeah. So I have um so there's premium and premium ultra. Oh, if there's only if there's only two, then I'm 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 on I'm not on like the top tier one. I know that. So my problem with this, and the reason why, like I, I still like it's nice, but the thing is, I found is that I was spending a lot of time just making because, like, Hello Weather is is act like it gives you a bunch of choices of data sources, and it's very accurate and very pretty and easy to read. And the only reason I was thinking of straying from it was that the widget situation isn't great. But the thing is, I, I was totally willing to pay for Carrot Weather. But they make you so it's either fifteen dollars a year for like the regular subscription or thirty dollars a year for ultra, and you have to pay for the thirty dollar a year one to get air quality, which seems kind of lousy. Hmm. Yeah, like does yours give you the AQI or whatever? Um, I don't have my phone in here with me, but um. I I thought mine does. So gosh, maybe I am paying for the higher yeah, one. Like then. that's 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 a weird nickel and di- like dimey thing. Like because like the other advantages of like the ultra thing is that like it'll send you real time push notifications about lightning or some shit. Like, like I mean, it's a very niche feature. Which with air quality, like I mean, maybe it's a California centric thing. But oh, like with with wildfires and also just like this winter slash upcoming spring being like super smoggy like that doesn't seem like peloton pricing style like stuff to just get air quality indicators i don't i don't know but i don't know i'm still playing around with it but carrot weather is interesting that you you can basically neuter it to the fact that it will stop being what it is marketed it as and that's kind of nice and it's and it's just absurdly customizable Mm -hmm. But this would all be moot if Hello Weather's widget was not broken. You know, the the, the um, OmniFocus has, a, I think, a very similar issue where I continue to use OmniFocus and I mostly like it. But my the, the most annoying thing about it is it's very, very slow to keep up with iOS updates and well, features and the problem with that is that the watch and the ios app will get out of sync or sometimes well, you will have completed something either on your mac which has synced to your iphone but you still get a notification like on the local app like yeah that's it, right which is because they they haven't they haven't updated to yeah. Yeah, exactly and whereas an app like carrot weather they're always you know day one of a major ios release they're out there adopting all the new features and implementing all the new improvements of whatever the latest version of iOS is. And there are OmniFocus like apps. I think like Todoist is one of them that, Uh. that does the same thing where they're always super up to date with the latest, you know, iOS stuff and and watch OS stuff and all that. And there, there, there is a big appeal to, to apps like that but the problem with that is that the like so todoist is one of those ones where it's not necessarily i don't even know if it's necessarily an electron app but it's the one of the things where the mac app sucks so sure the ios app is good mm. but the mac app is terrible 
So man, yeah. I mean, the Omni Focus Mac app's pretty good. So that, that's that the thing where, downgrade. like, I mean, whenever I'm doing substantive like stuff on that type of thing, it's it's on the Mac. So like, and it, it and I think it's just like one of those. What's the you're a, you're a techie or you're 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 like you were like in that kind of business. Like, is it called uh, technical debt? Like, I th- I think that's kind of what it is. Where they have they like they rolled their own synchronization solution so even though i know icloud is having its issues right now like it's not like that real-time sync component is just harder for them to implement based off the decisions they've made yeah no i mean there there are reasons i've you know stuck with omnifocus but um it it does bum me out that that they're so far behind with with keeping up with ios and it sounds like hello weather might be kind of in the same boat yeah, and then the worst part is the Hello Weather option, uh, a widget gives you an option for saying the last time it was refreshed, which may, which is ex- exacerbates the problem. Mm. I don't know. It's 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 fine. And again, a weather widget is not actually that important, but you know, yeah, carrot weather's kind of neat. It is. All right. Oh, geez, an hour in. Okay, let's. Um. Do you have any thoughts on the Olympics before we talk about Apple for a while? I, and I, I know you're going to groan and do your whole thing, but I don't have a whole I, thing. I, <laughs> I, I actually, I really like the winter Olympics. I, I probably like the winter Olympics more than I do the summer Olympics. And I've, I've always been a, a, an Olympics fan. I, I, I remember watching the Olympics as a family since I was like a, you know, a, a little kid. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super into the Olympics. Um, it bums me out that it seems like people in general are are not anymore. Exceptionally Um, this year. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll put a couple links into the notes that, that go into all the, 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 um, detail here, but yeah, this year is, is a tough year for the Olympics in so many ways between the pandemic and the way that the pandemic makes watching sports weird. Um, and then there's the whole China part of, of this it's yeah, it's a, it's a weird year for the Olympics. Um, but to bring it more like T word centric, um, Ryan's mad about 4k. Well, okay. Actually. Yeah. Two, (laughs) two, um, that wasn't even it. No, thank you for. I, I, that's right. That was part of our offline offline conversation. Um, you're, so it, basically, your your tombstone is going to say "Mad about 4K," or well, sorry, well, I, you probably have like a good fifty years left. It's going to be bad about 8K. <laughs> that's going to be your hobby horse. <laughs> um. So the 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 first tech angle, which I think is a slightly more generalist one, is um, I had given Peacock a try during the Summer Olympics last year. Um, and if you remember, like that was NBC or, um, yeah, I guess NBC, um, Comcast, whatever the parent company is, um, their whole like master plan was to launch Peacock with the summer Olympics. But then of course, summer Olympics got delayed a year. And so some of that timing got messed up, but like the, the Olympics were supposed to be kind of like Peacock's kind of, you know, big kind of launch thing. But the Olympics were a, a total mess on Peacock last year. Like none of the NBC stuff was available on there. You couldn't. Um, 
I don't think you could have like rewind events like at all. So like if, if you were watching something that was being broadcast live, like you were just stuck with wherever the live broadcast was like stuff that was like peacock exclusive shows or like kind of recaps of the Olympics, which were actually pretty good. They were on live, but then weren't available on demand after the fact. Like there was just so many weird decisions made about peacock. And so when the winter Olympics came around, I like totally didn't really even consider Peacock at all. And I just have been, you know, using my little weird um, Xfinity streaming box thing to just, Wait, you know, you, rip you actually turned it on. Well, uh, yeah, we, we, thanks for listening to the show. I, I, no, I, I, I I've been using said... it since I signed up for TV service. I didn't use it when they tried to get me to use it when I was an internet only subscriber. So well, I didn't I understand remember, the point I remember of that. You, you, you got it sent for you, to you, and then you said that like you, you noped out of it when it said like this box requires activation or something. But I, we never, we literally never covered the thing that you started using it. No, we, in we, earnest. we, we, we did. Um, I mean, we covered it in the sense that they sent me one when I became an internet only subscriber, but I I wasn't going to like activate anything as an internet only subscriber. Like I didn't understand why I would use it. Mm-hmm. But then when I signed up for TV again, I, I had to activate the one that they sent me because like none of the cloud DVR stuff that, that is part of my service was, I, I, I couldn't see any of that until I activated the, the X1 box they sent me. So I think I, I think I needed to activate it to, to basically record stuff. Hmm. Um, so anyway, um, that's how I had been watching the Olympics for the first handful of nights was just in a very kind of TiVo way, like, you know, setting stuff to record that I wanted to watch. Um, and by the way, the, the X1 box actually has it, it, it's, it's a terrible device and like 90% of its functionality. But the one thing it, that it does do, which is pretty neat, is... It doesn't have skip mode like TiVo does, but it does have a mode where you fast forward through commercials and then it just automatically resumes when the commercial's over. And that that that's pretty nice. Um, like you just leave fast forward on and it stops fast forwarding once the content resumes. Correct. Neat. Yeah, and and, and, and actually it works the same. Yeah, and it works pretty well. Um, but anyway, I I had heard on upgrade plus this week uh, that it was basically all about how peacock has kind of like nailed the olympics this year and i think jason mentioned on there that he was going to talk about this on downstream this week too so i don't know if you've listened to that but um but he so i i after listening to that i i gave it a try today and he's he's totally right like the the peacock stuff is actually like it's great. It's very, very nicely laid out. You have access to all the NBC broadcasts, including the primetime stuff. Um, it's 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 really, really good. Um, somewhat related, maybe to the next topic to bring up, the video quality on Peacock is not is not very good, um, which is weird because on most streaming services, especially like ESPN Plus, is this way. The picture quality is actually like exceptionally good. Um, on Peacock, it's it's the frame rate's kind of weird with live broadcasts. I don't know. It's a little th- that part of it's not great, but the the overall UI of Peacock and the availability of content when it comes to the Olympics coverage, like they've they've done a total one eighty on that. It's it's really good. 
Um, mm. But the the so the other tech angle which you've remind me of here is is the 4K stuff. So, so I guess this is the same as what they did for the Summer Olympics. Um, all the prime time broadcasts are available in 4K, and at the time of the Summer Olympics, that was when I was kind of experimenting with YouTube TV, and the 4K stuff. It was it was great. It just just worked. Like you you went to record the Olympics, and if 4K was available, it just selected the 4K feed, and you just basically didn't even have to think about it. As a Xfinity subscriber now. The one and only way I even have access to NBC's 4K feed is by viewing it through my stupid X1 box. So if I go to um, like the Xfinity stream app on my Roku TV, or if I go to access that on the web or any any other source, 4K is not an option. And not only that, but on the X1 box, the only way you can watch the 4K feed is if you're watching it live. You can't record it and watch the broadcast in 4K later. If you set it to record, it'll just record the the normal feed. So it's just it's just it's dumb. And I know you you know you don't ever agree with me on this, but like I I was. I was watching the the live um broadcast a little a little bit this evening. Um and we've mostly been watching it on recording most nights, but today we watched a little bit of it live and like the 4K feed does it looks really darn good. Like it it's really good. Like it it makes a I I mean, you know, the lady well, friend doesn't notice. I well, I, but, I make it a point of asking her and she's like I, I don't get it. <laughs> Well, but uh, she's right. So, I mean, but, so, but, but this, is, this is my challenge point. Where, like, where? So, it's not that I don't agree with you. It's that I and, and and we brought this up in person recently, which is that nobody cares. Like, if you think about the amount of overhead, one, one, the bandwidth, the production, the increased production costs, the difficulties of creating a live events in something that is so much more bandwidth intensive. What's the point versus how many people care? Most people aren't going to know the difference. Most people aren't paying that much attention. And if you just do a cost-benefit analysis of it, where you think that even the Super Bowl, which is ostensibly a very big sporting event, I'm not, I'm not going to watch. But like, no, nobody cares. Like, I, I think objectively, it's going to be less than two percent of people that that care, versus what might double or quadruple the production costs. Like, it would be nice, and especially for, like, highlights and posterity, like, it'd be very, very cool for it to be that way. But, like, to be slightly charitable to the Cable Town Corporation, like, that's, it's a lot of effort to make that work. So I get why they're not doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the part of it that I'm more annoyed about this time around is just the fact that it was, the 4K stuff was so easily accessible with youtube tv and i could record in 4k and watch that feed later but then as a as a comcast subscriber which is which is the same company that's broadcasting the olympics they make it almost impossible to get to the 4k feed that that's annoying like you would think that their experience would be the best 
Like why why is it that a third party carrier that's carrying their feed offers it in a way nicer way? Well, we'll just have to ask the Googlers. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I don't know I'm I'm kind of at this was another I guess this part was offline online maybe I mentioned it offline offline too. Um, it seems like AT and T fiber is is being being installed in my area. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited about those possibilities now and and dumping the 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 Comcast TV part again. You're just trying to uh what's it called? Needle uh Brian Roberts. Who's that? <laughs> the CEO of Comcast? Oh. All right, never mind. Got that part. <laughs> um Okay. <laughs> I, this is, sorry. I, I Googled just because I, I, I know him by name, but then again, a common refrain of this show of, under the people ask, a people also ask section. I like where one of the top question is, how do I complain to Comcast? <laughs> the second one, where does the CEO of Comcast live? That seems inappropriate. Uh... <laughs> and of course they live in fucking Philly. All right. Okay. Apple, and let's close this out because we talked about a lot of nonsense for a very long time. Um, six colors report card or twenty seven percent. Let's let's do the let's do the report card because okay. I think the twenty. Oh, it all loops around. Yeah. All right. Friend of the show, Jason Snell. Again, whether he wants to or not, he's a he's a local friend and he's a friend of the show. Um. He, for the past six years or so, does a thing where he will email a bunch of Apple reporters slash fans slash general people, influencers, uh, about, uh, was it 12 categories of stuff related to the world of Apple? And because he asks the same questions every year, um, as fine as people will say, great comparability in the numbers, and it allows you to kind of keep pace and see what's happened over the past six to seven years and kind of how sentiment is changing. Uh, a, a tough compare, as, as Tim Cook might say. I think you're talking about headwinds. <laughs> no, it's, it, there's currency headwinds and there's, um, you know, supply chain. So a couple of these are, so there's not a whole, like, I, I think let's, let's pick and choose some of the easy ones or, or the ones that are interesting. So uh, looking through the average score, so the ones I think I would want to briefly touch on are going to be the Mac, the iPhone wearables, which listening to, again, as somebody who has kind of sworn off and not for any good reason, tech podcast for a little while, this week's upgrade was particularly good. I did like the, uh, that Mike and Jason were fighting a little bit. There, I found I, that I, so funny. I, I've been meaning to mention this to you as well um, as a way of trying to get you to listen to upgrade again mm-hmm. there. Their banter, I'd say the last month or two, is like seems to have like kind of like gone up a level like it's it's always been good but they they've got this little more like they kind of needle each other a little bit more mm-hmm. now like in a very you know f- f- well-meaning way <laughs> and it's and it's 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 good it, it, it was again like i just i i my 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 i can't think of a better phrase my, my giving a shit about tech news when when the world's on fire for many other reasons it's just been i i don't need to listen to four hours a week of redundant tech stuff when, yeah, when, yeah. when exciting stuff's happening I'll, I'll tune in and and again this is this is a this is a highlight of the year like this is the very 
worthwhile project that Jason embarks on. But I did like the part about the uh, the distinction between wearables and the Apple Watch, and and Jason bringing up, well, maybe I need to re-engineer the question for people. Like it, it was it was very fun. Yeah. But yeah, so what I want to talk about is the Mac, the iPhone, wearables. Who cares about the iPad? Uh, Apple Watch services and developer relations. And you can talk about HomeKit if you want to, but I but I think we all know that that's a shit sandwich, and that's kind of <laughs> like I mean I don't like there's nothing to say there. I've, I've never been one of those people who's like kind of like even though my espresso machine never talks to Alexa anymore, like I don't. And also the fact that currently my Echo Show is showing me an ad which may or may not have who's who's the, who's the guy who's the football player that's also like an entertainment guy. Uh, Michael Strahan? No, it's the guy. The, the 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 he's he's got kind of the the round face. <laughs> the um, is anyone the Mannings? Peyton, Eli, which one? Pey- Peyton Manning. Uh, probably you're probably thinking of Peyton. Yeah, yeah. He's he's currently I'm staring at my Echo. He's sitting in front of, I, and I don't know if it's actually him, but it's it's an it's basically an unsolicited ad for Frito Lay and Pepsi, and I see Doritos, Tostitos, salsa, and a can of bubbly. Yeah, but that's that's what you get for having an but Amazon the, device in your that. home with the, with an always on screen. I didn't you, I didn't ask for that. that. I didn't ask for that. Charge me an extra twenty dollars. I don't want this. Yeah, that that that's, I have no you have other nobody options. to blame but yourself. There, stop it. All right. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 roll through this because again, we talked for about stationary bikes for forty five minutes. Um, the Mac, how are you feeling about it? Good. Um, Eight, five out of five, five stars, like Ted Lasso says. Like the 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 Mac, the MacBook Pro is other than I still think the notch is kind of dumb. Like I'm sure there 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 has to have been a way that they could have uh, engineered around it. But this MacBook Pro is fucking great. Like instant on, it's it's so good. Like I I I've been using it a lot. I barely use my iPad anymore for anything other than crossword puzzles. Like. It the battery lasts like three days, even though I use it a bunch. Mac's great. Can't wait to buy an iMac Pro. It's it, it, it. I did some budgeting the past couple of weeks under unnecessary expenses in that tab in Microsoft Excel. There's forty eight hundred dollars allocated for a absurdly overpriced iMac Pro whenever that comes out. Yeah, I, th- I think if if you're just talking about hardware. It's no question a five. Like, I'm not really oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm oh, not so, really so, sure what the case would be against it being a five. Oh, but um, so, you're, so you're doing the, <laughs> the, the the Jason Snell thing, which is that like yeah. I, but I guess I've come to be resigned to the fact that OS ten is just rough around the edges always now. Like yeah, the software quality. Like I feel it's, like it's that, not, that's... But it's not rough around the edges because they're pushing the envelope and there's just a lot of bugs oh no it's, it's, just, it's, it's just rickety <laughs> it's just rough around the edges because there's a lot of things that are kind of neglected and that's well and, and that's the stuff that they're changing is stuff that doesn't need to be changed yeah so like, so yeah. yeah so that that's that's the part of the mac like the, the software part of it is is what i'm not as stoked about but yeah i mean mm-hmm. hardware wise like but and, and this might be um just uh just like one of like a, a what's what's the phrase um a glass of ice water to somebody who's been in the desert or whatever but like just after five years of just absolutely shitty laptops, like it, it is very nice to be able to 
have something good. Well, and in part, so definitely like when they made the keyboard not broken anymore, like the, those changes that they were making there for a while in like 2019, or I guess maybe even like the first part of 2020, like those were changes I don't think, yeah, they, they really deserve a whole lot of credit for. But now with the Apple Silicon stuff, like that's, that's actually like legitimately a, a cool step forward that isn't just a fix of a previous mistake so i think they they get a lot of credit for the apple silicon stuff mm -hmm. yeah I'm very very i'm i'm fascinated to see what apple silicon looks like at the by the end of this year because like one thing i can't quite get my head around is the fact that the chip that's going to go into like this redesigned um, MacBook Air and some of the like lower end machines is like everybody's assuming that's going to be called the M2, but it's going to be weird because that the M2 is going to be slower than like the M1 Pro, and that that that's I mean Apple's naming conventions I guess have been a mess for a long time, so maybe this will just be another example of that, but. It seems weird to have the M2 be slower than a version of the M1, just from a pure marketing standpoint. But anyway, very, very curious to see the evolution of, of Apple Silicon. Yeah, like the, the, M, the M2 thing, like I think that kind of makes sense, kind of like it's just the, the, the one without any type of suffix on it is going to be just kind of like just the straight chip. So it'll be faster than the M1, but the M Pro, M1 Pro and M1 Mac, like that, that all kind of makes sense. And as we get, Whatever the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro end up looking like, we might get more clarity on what like the beefed up chips look like, and that will just kind of be what it is. So, I mean, eh, it's it's an awkward naming convention, but I mean, I I think that kind of makes sense. But and I, yeah, I assume, and I assume like with the iMac, so I I mean, a I assume the bigger iMac is going to be just called the iMac Pro. I think there's going to be this 24 inch iMac, and then there'll be a I guess, 27 inch iMac pro. And I think that'll be the lineup. And I think the iMac pro will just probably have the same chip options that like the MacBook pros do with maybe one additional, like super high end config or something. Yeah. Yeah. iMac pro Lightroom edition. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, iPhone, iPhone mm -hmm. two. I hate mm. this year's iPhone so much. Um, the iPhone's fine. The iPhone 12 was a great phone. The iPhone 13 is a less great phone because it, it, the ProMotion display is something that I take for granted because frequently I will end up using a non, well, actually, no, my, my work phone or my, yeah, my work phone is a iPhone 12 Pro and it, you you notice the frame rate difference and normally i'm somebody who actually thought promotion or 120 hertz always looked weird on the ipad but it, it it doesn't on the phone and that's that's a very nice quality of life adjustment but the cameras are so much worse i i, I it, it was a huge step back and and i i yeah the the, the iphone was a total snooze this year and i kind of wish i hadn't upgraded i don't know I, I mean, I, I guess I I would put the iPhone at 
probably a four, which is what the what the overall average is, mostly just because like it's my my iPhone is just it's it's dependable. Like it's it's a device that just kind of does what I need it to do and is 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 like even more reliable than I'd say like my Mac is. So mm. from that sense, I, I'm I still really enjoy the iPhone. But I I do agree that the iPhone 13 was a pretty lackluster upgrade and, and maybe even a step back in some of the ways that you've described with like the camera. Well, so, so um, let me ask, do you, did you ever use the two X camera on, and, and I don't mean just because portrait mode generally forced you to use the two X camera, like on, on the iPhone 12 and before, did you ever use the two X camera? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you ever use the three X camera? Not, not really. No. Okay. It's, it, right. it, it's, it's, it, the, the, it just doesn't bring in enough light. Correct. It's a, it's a terrible lens. Like the, the image quality is fucking terrible. Yeah. And, the thing, and the, the weird thing is the iPhone actually will try to do this smart thing, but it's not actually like very clear or honest about how it does it is it will use either the standard 28 millimeter kind of emulating focal length camera and just upscale the resolution because it thinks the three X camera lens is going to produce too poor of an image. Like, and it just it taught like you can be in three X mode, and you don't actually know what lens it's using because it tries to compensate for the fact that the camera is bad. But you know, even even more so than that three X lens, the the front facing camera. Holy cow, that's bad. I I I uh, as a I don't use taker. I don't know. Yeah, I don't use it very often, but you know, as someone who has done a whole lot more you know, like facetiming over the last year or two and especially with the new housemate sometimes just using that front camera kind of ends up making more sense and holy cow it's it's like it it's laughably bad like it's Is it? i thought it was always supposed to be really good well i mean that's, that's what apple tells you but i don't know i i find that image quality to just be really really bad well, like what's what's wrong it's grainy or what's what's the deal? It, yeah it's it just it's very similar to that 3x lens it just lets in a just a very very low amount of light um just as yeah just it's not very good look look who's spoiled by his sigma 1.4 <laughs> all right um wearables and I mostly just want to get a pulse check on how you feel about the, the your new AirPods Man, and the probably... and and the Apple Watch. Oh, so I am so I am grouping Apple Watch into this and not into a separate category. <laughs> go 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 go, Trevor Go come down here and go fight with. Jason I'm I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to actually I'm going to give you two answers. I'm I'm going to give you wearables. Without the Apple Watch, I'm going to give you the Apple Watch separately. Well, then you're giving me a, a rating on AirPods. I am right, um, and that's that's going to be a two. AirPods three are exceedingly fine. Like I've I've worse than AirPods original OG AirPods. I th- I think so. Like I even though I've gotten used to the fit, and I don't generally even think about the fit all that much anymore i don't see any way you could say that they're more comfortable than the original airpods i don't think the the wearability of them is in any way better i don't think the 
squeezing the stem to to pause or resume or whatever is is better than the tapping thing was. Eh, it's definitely better. It's not good, but it's the the whole whack in your ear thing that was never comfortable or elegant. I don't I don't think the squeezy thing is either, but um I still I still find them to be fiddly to take in and out of the case. That that part I've gotten more used to, but I'm still not totally used to. They they definitely sound better, no question about that. They the battery life on them is well, well it, it's new. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's that's what it is. My my old AirPods had just been kind of running to the ground, but um yeah, I they're they're yeah, they're kind of a bummer. Okay, and then talk about the watch and then all. The watch I'd put at like a 4. I like my Series 7. Um I like the bigger screen size. Um I I I I like the the um fancy titanium finish that I got this year. Um yeah, Series Series 7 is is solid. I still you know, watch OS is still not awesome but but the the watch itself it it's pretty good so the airpods wearable category eh, i'm actually gonna say a four but that's only because i'm lumping the beats fit pro into that i've actually bought a second pair of those i have not used the airpods 3 i got in a month those those headphones kick butt like they're they're great I haven't used them on like a, a, a video chat, so I don't know how good the microphones are. But yeah, those, yeah, Beats Fit Pro, a a a plus. They're 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 very good. And remind me again, like, what's so much better about the Beats Fit Pro compared to the Power Beats Pro? They, as of right now, don't don't jinx it. Knock on whatever. They don't get out of sync where only one of the buds work that's a big draw and they are tiny they don't go over your ear they just have like this little like wingtip noise canceling noise isolating design that just pops into your ears better sound quality um and they're just they're great and oh well actually sorry the biggest draw of all the case is the size of airpods case it's not the size of a big mac box from mcdonald's like that is so much better, and they're they're USB C instead of Lightning. Yes, but not not wireless charging. I don't know, but I've never. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they are. Yeah, but but I just I don't. I've never. I don't charge my AirPods wirelessly. I don't know. Like I I I leave my phone in the in the living room slash office. I try not to sleep with my phone. Like that's that's never been a thing that i care about like airpods are always one of those things of i will remember to charge oh, airpods or power beats will be things i'll like remember to charge every week and a half i like I, I don't even know if the phone will alert you and the battery is low it just i just instinctively charge them so anyway those are good uh airpods 3 meh apple watch this is more of a function of just i've been trying to get more ba- back into outdoor fitness but Series 7 watch is, and I don't know if this is Series 7 watch or watchOS 7 or 8, whatever version we're on. Uh, battery life is very good, and 
the um yeah just the 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 workout app because of the uh middleware fitness app health fit that then talks to strava is it's good like i i really 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 appreciate the fact that i can go for a run or a hike and listen to spotify music off of cellular and record a hike or a run without needing my phone nearby and it all just works without issue even though very little of that actually has anything to do with apple itself it's very nice so they by default get credit for it so similar to the whole thing of jason beating the drum of uh apple doesn't give credit to developers for the value they add to the iphone similarly the the reason the apple watch is vital to me has very little to do with what apple does but it's it's currently pretty great it's it's so nice not to have to either have an armband or hold a phone that is way too heavy another knock about against the iphone 13 pro um and just run with your watch mm-hmm. all right services you excited about apple services um i mean i i don't know i i, I guess like a, th- a three with like the, the positive side being that icloud is is pretty reliable now icloud backup in particular is really nice um but like the prices on icloud stuff especially for storage are still crazy you know apple's focus on services is kind of a bummer um (laughs) so yeah i think a three yeah i think i think that's fair i don't have a lot to add there like that that because services encompasses also apple tv plus which i think is kind of interesting but honestly i still have not watched um to the moon what's what's it called oh for all mankind you should that's you you'd really like that yeah, but that takes time, though. It's it's only two seasons. It's not very. And I think <laughs> it's, it's only twenty four hours of TV. Once once you're done with Succession season three, I'll 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 give this a shot. <laughs> so Fair. so right back to me in twenty twenty six. Yeah. Um, and then developer relations. So yeah, this... that's a, that's a one. Really? Oh yeah, no question. Is it possible to get? Does he allow zeros in this category? I don't think he does allow zeros. Mm. Other, yeah, I know he actually. You know, he says in the article here, it's a scale of one to five. So yeah, it. it's it's a it's a one for sure. So this this is dumb. Apple, we're not going to talk about this long because we've we've talked about it long uh, for multiple times at, at length. Apple is is too prideful or too stupid to to realize when to when to take uh when to take the L as as the kids say. Um. They are so gonna fuck themselves on the on this this app store stuff, and it's so silly because for a company this size, they should be able to identify the value that other people bring to the platform, and the fact that them selling extremely high margin hardware that people like is something that people like because there is a positive relationship with developers that make quality apps for the phone nobody is buying an iphone because they want to use the clips application or they want to use pages on their iphone they want to use it because they want to use instagram or they want to play um 
Alto's Odyssey or Threes or, or whatever, the value of having an iPhone is so much tied up into the value that third-party developers bring to it. And Apple, looking at the balance sheet relative to all of the revenues, the amount of money they're trying to extract from the App Store is, inc- like for another company, would be extremely consequential and could be in completely business-defining or could completely comprise a Fortune 100 company. But that's not what Apple is. And them choosing to fight every single country and company and law to protect their 30% is something that's so, so stupid. And that is highlighted this week by their response to the match group and certain other companies have uh, lobbied the Dutch government, sure, um, to uh, regulate Apple. And they actually did. And uh, that was to allow alternate payment methods. And Apple responded in the most petulant, shitty, uh, stick-in-the-mud way they possibly could, which is to uh, allow people to use third-party payment uh, processors. But because the average payment processing fee is 2.7%, they reduced the App Store commission that they will collect independently with like a million and one different caveats down to 27% in a way to make this option so unpalatable that only an idiot would choose it. And it's the the lack of self-awareness and also the just the, the crappiness of all of it is just so I I I don't even know. Like it it's yeah, I I don't know. You're you're much more impartial. What 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 do you think? It's 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 really disappointing that the position that apple's taken from a cold-hearted business perspective i sort of can't help but feel that they're probably doing the right thing for them again strictly Mm -hmm. just in terms of dollars and cents well because i mean game this out right like Apple is sort of betting on that we're not going to get to the point where governments try to regulate the percentage that they're taking. And I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. I I just, I cannot possibly imagine a government trying to cap, you know, Apple's take at some percentage or something. But I mean, but I mean, you're an accountant. Like, it, it, what, what is the the value of goodwill? Like, is there not, like, wouldn't a holistic CEO think of what is the value of maybe taking less from a certain aspect of the business in order to? protect the business as a whole well i think so i i I did really like the discussion on upgrade about how alienating developers in the way that apple is today could could really cause them some some trouble like when they say come out with a new platform like a vr headset and how if there's not the type of developer enthusiasm for that that there was for the iphone that 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 really could meaningfully impact that platform i think a big 
counter though, or a, a big thing that's sort of helping Apple is where where's a developer that's really unhappy with Apple? Where are they gonna go? But that's a shit sandwich. Like that. But but but, but, but I'm but, but seriously, like I mean, that's to me like. Are they, are they going to become an Android developer? No. Like, I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just not really sure what the alternative is. And I, I suspect that Apple probably knows that. But then that's where government regulation comes in. You just, but I mean, need, you just but, need informed and agile government regulators, which, oh, shit, we don't have. I mean, I just, there's, I just, there's no scenario where... I, the u.s or any other government's going to try to come in and say apple you can only take 10 percent." like that's just not i don't ever see that happening and i and i think that's what apple's betting on i again like i i, I this is more of like a you know contrarian point of view. like I, I i i don't think apple's doing the right thing here by any means but i'm just saying from from their perspective i think i think that's that's what's driving them here well yeah but 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 then i i guess to distill that the the, the driving force behind that is greed and pragmatism around greed right mm, okay all right all right i think that's it was there any other apple stuff this week anyway people people should go to the six colors article and read all the stuff because jason did a great job of um getting pull quotes from the respondents about each um segment and it was um it was very very good yeah yeah i think i think that's it all right oh sorry one last thing this is something that we talked about a very long time ago um that i i feel like i deserve a royalty for for suggesting having invented this is that apple and again they don't get any credit for this feature because again the the shittiness around the app store but they are allowing iPhones to become kind of like ad hoc square readers, like just doing like reverse NFC to allow, like, I mean, the iPhone can obviously accept payments because just that's the way NFC works. So there's going to be a forthcoming feature where the iPhone, and I assume they're going to start building this into iPads. Um, you will now be able to take payments from uh, contactless credit cards um, and just general NFC wallets on your iphone and what, what's what, what's what's in this for apple is it is, is this just a way to hardware. sell more iphones yeah well and I assume, because there's no they're not taking any kind of cut off of these or... i assume they sort of are just in the same way that they've engineered um like whenever you make a paint like if you add like your chase card through apple pay and you make a contactless payment using your phone or a watch apple has has found a way to skim 15 basis points of the transaction off the top by being an intermediary with that so every time you make a payment with apple pay they still make money so like the the deal that apple's announced as part of this is is with stripe because they've, yeah. they've they've said that they're going to support you know third-party payment merchants and stripe is the one who they've come out and said they have a you know that, that they're working with to be the first one so like, you think if someone goes to pay you using stripe that apple's taking a piece of that somewhere that's the way it works on the apple pay wallet side of things i have no idea if that's the case here but i feel like they would probably want to do that but otherwise alternatively this is just hmm, kind of like the app store it's just a value add to the platform what a yeah. concept <laughs> right um 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Neat. That is, that is neat. Yeah. And again, Kinda, do, I mean, do, do it, I get a royalty on this? Because I because I've been suggesting this feature for the past six years. Who knows? It, like it, interesting, it, it, interesting timing to to announce it now. Um, you mean not alongside like a hardware release, or what do you mean? Yeah, like like not like yeah, surprising that this wasn't part of uh you know this this March event that's coming up, or even like WWDC. Um, yeah, it's kind of it, it's not. There's there aren't really a lot of examples of where new iOS features are just sort of randomly dropped, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's been kind of more of the way of of that. There hasn't been as much stuff that's been linked to the um like dot o release that comes well, out. Well, I mean, sure, there's been features that they that they come out with during these like the the you know dot releases through iOS, but this wasn't even part of that. This was just literally like just a press release that came out on a, you know, random Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of interesting. Uh, and then one one last thing. Uh, apparently amidst a driver shortage, Domino is going to allow, is going to give you, uh, give the buyer of pizza a $3 tip to not use delivery. I feel like a carryout is a term that's fallen out of favor in our economy. But yeah, I think it's a fun way of uh, spinning a rebate for not using delivery yeah and yeah. well and as someone who doesn't live in a domino's delivery area um <laughs> wait this, have, this have you tried me like, i i think like when we thought about I, I want a domino's pizza because they had that whole ad campaign like eight years ago that says hey our pizza doesn't suck anymore i think i think when we first moved up here i, I checked to see if that was an option and it, it was not is so. there is there a pizza hut in your neighborhood no what pizza do you do you have any chain pizza in your neighborhood like other than like racist Papa we, John's, we have a round table pizza. That's what we have. We don't ever go there though. There's there's a couple of smaller pizza places nearby that that we generally go to. Yeah, round table's good. It's costly though. Very very costly. Yeah. Okay. All right, chef specials. It's got to be Pico this week. We we finally went after over two years, and it's. It's great, um, yeah. It, Pico. If, you, if you're if you're in in the Bay Area looking for a, a good restaurant, go check out Pico. Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant of one Gerald Dempsey Posey. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he actually likes it, but I assume he has to. He's, he's he's not one of those people that would that would shill something he doesn't like. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I, I got a push notification about him that kind of bummed me out today. Um, wait is, is it he's a bad guy or wait wait no 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 no, no. um the giants announced that they were going to do kind of like a um i guess like a retirement kind of thing for him and they were going to call it like buster posey day um on may 7th mm-hmm. but there's not going to be a baseball season so it's they announced oh, this, they announced this fun day and it's not going to happen can you give me a 20 second summary of what this lockout thing is well we'll, we'll save it for next week okay. but the, the 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 long story short is that there's going to be no baseball this year, so. Oh, because it's not going to be in 4K. The the, the players are protesting because Ryan's mad. It's not in 4K. It's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Everybody benefits from that joke. All right. I don't really have one this week, but I will. You fueled this because of you all your Olympics talk, but I don't know. You might, you might appreciate this. But so there's a, a sports photographer 
um, on, well, for the Associated Press, but also has a very good Instagram account. Uh, Ashley Landis, uh, not related, not related to Ben Aldis. I don't know why I would think they were, but she's had some very good photos and coverage of uh, one U.S. sporting events, but also she's had fantastic artistic photos of the Winter Olympics that you might enjoy. Nice. But yeah, finding uh, photojournalists on Instagram is always a worthwhile pursuit. Mm-hmm. 